Your news, your views, your values. This is WMNF Tampa 88.5 FM. Welcome to another edition of the Sunday Forum right here on WMNF 88.5 Tampa, Sarasota, St. Pete, and surrounding areas. This is your host, Walter L. Smith II, along with my main man, Mabili. What's up, man? Good morning, everybody. How you doing? Pretty good, pretty good. Yeah, brother, good. So we had Juneteenth last week. Oh, yeah, yeah. Juneteenth, man. This was... For for me, at a very unique Juneteenth, right? I got a chance to. I was I was in Boston, Massachusetts, this past week, and the entire week, and uh, on Juneteenth, they had fireworks. Hmm. That I was awakened. Actually, I had to take a nap. It was I was exhausted because we did uh, flew in. I immediately um, went and facilitated some. Um, uh, courses at uh, um, Northeastern University at the Association of Environmental Engineering Scientists and Professionals. And let me tell you, it was an outstanding, outstanding um, event. A couple things happened. They acknowledged, and I was surprised to see it, they acknowledged Juneteenth. Hmm. Right? 
And when I say they, I mean the association did. And they did it in a way that I felt was appropriate. Uh, one of the things they did was they had, they, you know, they had a lot of food, a lot of food and stuff like that going on. It was great. Um, but the sessions that they had were sessions that were based on the issue of social justice and yeah. environmental justice. And predominantly those those courses, uh, well, we, we were actually the, more, the headliners when it came to that type of discussion. But you had a lot of young black professionals who were either doctorates, people who already uh, already had doctorates in the field of environmental engineering, or they were working on their doctors. I was very proud to see that, extremely proud to see that, because you don't see that very often. That's right. You don't see it very often. And, uh, and we need more people who are doctors of engineering, of environmental engineering, who are black, uh, to go into the field. So, it, it, so I think it was an appropriate thing to acknowledge these things and to acknowledge Juneteenth in the way that they did. Yeah. Uh, there was also, uh, that evening, uh, that first night, there were fireworks. <laughs> well, I was looking for fireworks around here on Juneteenth <laughs> and I didn't see them, so that's, that's pretty powerful. It was awesome, man. Downtown Boston fireworks. People in downtown Boston. It, it was really great. And um, I, I got a chance to do something that I didn't think I did a chance to do in Billy. I went to my dad's college that he was president of called Roxbury Community College, which most of you might know the might know the, the name Roxbury, the community Roxbury, because New Edition is from the mm-hmm. Roxbury community. And that is in fact the, the same community that they that they were from. But what what uh, what was interesting about it all was about the history of Roxbury is that in nineteen seventy um, before my dad got there, the the school was actually placed at the at a, at a, a automotive shop. When I say automotive shop, I mean like where they a car dealership. Car dealership is a better place. Mm-hmm. There's a car, a car dealership in downtown Boston, in a place called Blue Hill, which was away from the Roxbury community. So the people, um, the people were you know pissed about it back then. And, and it caused, caused a, a couple of riots, uh, a couple of fights, things like that. When my dad got there, he actually moved the school from Blue Hill to Roxbury, to, to the actual community of Roxbury. Um, and it stands there to this day. And I want to give a shout out to the, the, the um, faculty, staff, the president, um, Dr. Scott, she is a, a black woman who has really put it out there. She's the interim president. She's really put it out there to maintain the community school relationship, right? To increase the number of students and to really go after the mission of what it was originally intended for. And that was to serve the Roxbury community. And they are really doing a tremendous job of doing that. It has grown Exponentially from what it was before, it, it looks like a university. It looks like wow. an absolute university. Came up there. Yeah, it did. It did, and they struggle for for resources. They really do. Uh, if you want to see pictures of it, I will be posting more pictures of it of my visit there uh, on the Walter L. Smith II Facebook page and on the Sunday Forum Facebook page. But Roxbury Community College was a and is a staple of education in the Boston area. And it's very, very critical for people who um, who are transitioning. You have a lot of international uh, people there, uh, people who come from other countries, who are looking for that transition to make it in some way. Mm-hmm. And Roxbury has been that 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 yeah. institution that has stood there uh, and stood the test of time. So, um, you know, shout out to Roxbury Community College and to all those people who uh, who helped it to to make it what it is today. Help to make it what it is today. Mm-hmm. Juneteenth was special for me. I mean, really special. It was very meaningful. So, you know, I got a chance to walk around and, um, man, there was just a lot. Malcolm X Boulevard, um, to see the walkways there, the art, everything that's going on, and to see how the community is, is starting to grow and change in a positive way. Not through gentrification, but the fight against gentrification as we know it, uh, or colonization as we know it, 
of the community, people are fighting to maintain that community. So mm-hmm. shout out to, to Roxbury yeah. Community College, College in Boston, Massachusetts. Yeah, and I want to give a shout out to all of the programmers here at WNF on Juneteenth who put on not only great programming on Juneteenth itself, but throughout last weekend and did a lot of of consciousness raising. That was one music show, I think the 60s show, that, or the Bluegrass show that did a definitive historical look at black uh, invention of the banjo. So I think that was that was great to use an airwaves and musical a music show in that way for Juneteenth. Uh, I heard some great music that I hadn't heard in years. The one song by Chronics, Black is Beautiful by It's the Music Monday. Uh was it done by Banjo? Yeah, uh Chronics. Was it done by Banjo? Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> They, no, they, they use all kinds of instrumentation in it, though. And uh, <laughs> the lyrics, uh, the lyrics were just awesome. Uh, I, I learned a lot during this Juneteenth right here on WNF. So I, I want to give a shout out to all of the programmers and uh, Donald Dowridge and, and all of the people uh, who helped organize that potluck dinner we had here at WNF for Juneteenth. Hey, man, listen, let me, let me say something to you. Uh, everybody out there, let me tell you, uh, specifically go back to Donald Dowridge. Mm-hmm. That brother, man, um, I can't say enough about Donald Dowridge. Right. His dedication to everything, everything he does, not just the Frederick Douglass um, plays that he does, but everything that I've ever seen Donald Dowridge do, he does with such dignity and excellence. And he and, and with with great great spirit, great yeah. spirit. Um, you know, shout out to Donald Dowry. Right. And when, when you know his story, oh that spirit God. is even more awesome. You know, when you know his personal story. Oh man! So yeah, Donald Dowry. He's he's real. If you've ever heard his story, let me tell you, it's one worth listening to. It's one you just need to sit and have him come and talk to your youth. Mm-hmm. Have him come and talk to your youth. Yeah. So I'm telling you, he's a real one. He's a real one. Mm-hmm. And when he talks to you, uh, when he talks to his youth, I've seen him do it before many, many times. It's outstanding. It's something that, that certainly uh, has touched the ones that I've seen, right? But what's more is his actual rendition of, well, not rendition, heck, um, his actual plays that he puts on as Frederick Douglass. Yeah. Someone someone referred to him as a Frederick Douglass impersonator. No. <laughs> I, I think that's a... And, and I don't think they were trying to be nasty when they were saying it, but I think that the term impersonator is not it the minimizes term it. for that. What Donald Dowrish does is actually become possessed mm-hmm. by the spirit of Frederick Douglass uh, in, in a way that it it is... Um, it's touching. It is real. I'm I'm wondering if there's somebody out there, and I'm going to put this plea out there, if there's somebody out there, some group of people out there who would sponsor him in some way to take this show on the road. He is an outstanding historian Mm -hmm. of this man. And, 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 you know, I don't know anybody else, nobody else in the entire nation who can do what Donald Dowridge can do. Mm. No one. And, I mean, I mean, everybody talks about how he's spitting the image of Frederick Douglass. Yeah, yeah. he is. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's uncanny. It really is uncanny. But the reality of it is the talent that goes beyond, behind it, the effort that goes behind it. Shout out to Donald Dowridge. Mm-hmm. Tampa's on. Tampa's on, you know. Um, I know it's from Baltimore, but right. <laughs> but we claiming you, brother. That's we right. claiming you, man. Shout out to you, brother. Um, this week, I I, I want to say this because uh, it was tragic. I, I don't I don't care what your what your viewpoint of it is in terms of. I've heard people say it was stupid, it was silly, it was whatever. But these were human beings. These were human beings. That died in the in the submarine uh, incident oh, yeah. this past week. Um, 
You know, I heard a lot of, of very negative things that were said. I, I read some responses that were put on on Facebook and things. And, you know, I, I've, I've heard the jokes. I've heard the jokes. I'm, I got to tell you, too soon, y'all. Too soon. Way too soon. <laughs> Way too soon. Yeah. Um, but let me be clear. These were human beings. And however, however stupid people might think it is or whatever it is, that's one thing. But there was a 19-year-old boy on that submarine. Right, who I understood was afraid of going. He really didn't want to go, went to uh, placate his uncle. That was, that was really something. And, 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 and then it imploded. Right, which is, you know, the, the problem with that is that here you have the person who was operating it. I think his name was Mr. Rush. He was the owner of the company, the one operating the submarine. He, this was this man sounded like he was just a rich, white, privileged guy who didn't heed the warnings. He was told not to use that yeah. material, and that's why it imploded. He right. said, I did it anyway. Right. They said I couldn't do it. They said it couldn't be done, and I did it anyway. And look what happens. Yeah. You know, there were a lot of war. There were enough warnings for him out there and while i don't wish that fate on my worst enemy you have to listen to people when they're sending out warnings you know you it imploded because of the pressure of the water water is strong they're very special properties in water it's the spice of life you know yeah. so you have to be very careful when you under under sea like that and you don't have the type of material to withstand water underwater the undersea pressure then you you really don't need to be in business you really don't that was for tourism and you really need to to quit so the 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 remaining owner i think is going to face some problems all he is it's already started Mm -hmm. it's already started um i think that one of the things that i want to another another aspect of this whole thing is the issue of exploration it takes a lot of guts. I, I, Mobili, I'm telling you, man, I, it takes a lot of guts to do what they did. And say what you want. Mm-hmm. Say whatever you want. It takes a lot of guts to go down and explore the depths of the ocean where the majority of our earth is made up of water, right? Mm-hmm. And it's still not been explored. The depths of the ocean have still not been explored. Now, I know they were going down to go see the Titanic and everything like that. Who knows what happened down there, right? Outside of the fact that we know it imploded because of the pressure, the water pressure. It wasn't prepared for that. But, you know, there are, there are a myriad of mysteries and things like that that, that exist beneath the, the water, right? And out in space. And the people who have the audacity, who have the courage who have the the intestinal fortitude to go out and do that exploration, hey, man. Yeah, you know. I mean, we're human, and that's what we do. We explore. We need to know. And I, I you know, I applaud that as well. I just you that. got to know what you're doing. Yeah, you, you really do. You got to. You have to. But I just, I want, I want to, I want to point that out. Mm-hmm. The fact that it takes people like this, uh, it was, it was not, that wasn't bright, that wasn't smart, but it takes people who are daring enough to do these types of things to set the pace for everybody else. That's what happens. Mm-hmm. It's what happens. And so I want to, I want to, for all those people who are explorers, people who who uh, take it to the limit and go out there and do these types of things, man, you know, shout out to you. Um, keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. Um, please be more cognizant, I would say, please be more cognizant of, of those types of things, which I'm sure they are. I know they are. But this was just a very, very unfortunate incident. And that's 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 using, wow, that's not even using the words that I should use or could use. That's, man, yeah. what, what, what can you say? Anyway, um, now, let's go on to um, our idiot governor. So, <laughs> DeSantis warns of woke 
in bizarre speech. I saw people defecating in public. Yeah, this guy, man. <laughs> what it. on earth is going on? Okay, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis claims he recently saw people defecating on the sidewalk, an act he chalked up to woke ideology during a speech at a Faith and Freedom Coalition event on Friday. How stupid. Just the first line alone is, is telling you, is foreshadowing how stupid this entire thing is going to be, as it's, re, as it's told. The 2024 Republican presidential candidate who spoke at the coalition's Road to Majority Conference spoke about a popular Republican boogeyman, Woke, as he warned of the mindset's impact on the criminal justice system. When Woke overtakes our criminal justice system like it has in San Francisco, like it has in Los Angeles, the average person becomes less safe in the communities as a result, said DeSantis, who vowed to leave, to leave woke ideology in the dustbin of history. Don't tell me it doesn't affect people's lives. I was just in San Francisco. I saw in 20 minutes on the ground people defecating on the sidewalk. I saw people using fentanyl. I saw people smoking crack right there in the open, right there on the street. It was civilization in decay. And, and, you know, that's just all him playing politics against California uh, when people, you know, followed that speech up by showing homeless camps right here in Tampa. He could have done that here in Florida. He didn't have to go to California to make a case that there are poor people in the streets with mental illness problems. And I don't know what he thinks. I don't know what he saw in terms of defecation, but I've seen a lot happen here. Right. In Florida. You right. didn't have to go to California. You could have stayed right here in Florida and show just how unequal this state is. And meanwhile, while he's doing all of that, he's cutting a lot of projects that were state slated in the state budget. He's cutting that a lot of projects that were stated slated for Tampa. You know, go and talk about that. Here's one of your biggest cities in the state. Right. You know, one of your most populous cities. And here you are cutting projects just to make a point. You know, you didn't have to go to California. You stay right here and show just how strange this state is. Well, he's cutting his projects. Leadership. Right. And he's cutting projects, man. You know, you got to consider the fact that when you cut projects like these that are critical to people being able to survive. Right. This is partly why you see. This has nothing to do with any woke ideology. That's stupid. One thing has absolutely nothing to do with the other. Absolutely nothing to do with the other. I mean, I, I would like for somebody to come in and show me how it, how it does. Uh, 813-239-9663. 813-239-9663. Please, if you can tell me this, I'd like to know because it, it's dumb. It's absolutely dumb. There, and there's no other way to put it. it, it and, and actually, it's not only dumb, it's xenophobic, Right? Because it shows his detachment from the rest of society uh, and, and, and why things happen. And secondly, it's racist. It's also racist. Uh, you know, listen, he makes several assumptions that are just ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And he's been making these assumptions yeah. for quite some time. He's Let me here. repeat what I said. He's made several assumptions that are absolutely ridiculous. And he's made these assumptions for quite some time. So it's not just this situation. I've not heard black or brown in this situation at all. What I am saying is that, and, and I make no apologies if he did or didn't, but the bottom line is the fact that he's using woke ideology by itself is racist. Why is it racist? Because if you look at the origins of woke, right, the term by itself, the assumption is that, oh, these people are, in, are in, somehow in tune with some sort of, uh, what, what would we call it? Uh, <laughs> black culture. Black culture. <laughs> yeah. And black culture is somehow, is somehow connected to uh, drug use and pooping in the streets. Well, it's, all, and, it's cold terminology. Oh, it's cold man. terminology for the racist right, you know, and anything that's, Black people come up with has always been fodder for them, but in the meantime, in the meantime, he's cutting he, like the one and a half million dollars 
for the Tampa Bay Watch water quality improvements project. You know, all the 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 money for the uh, Tampa Water Systems on Mars Bridge Road, uh, the Continuity of Operations Center there, uh, Hillsborough Habitat for Humanity, which builds resilient homes. You know, especially for people who were in the military. You know. <laughs> uh, you know, some things he probably should have cut, like the uh, $200,000 for the Tampa Police Department license plate reader technology. But <laughs> right. some things he didn't have to touch. And even uh, a lot of things is just him being snarky. You know, it's craziness. It's just craziness. But that's what this all of this uh, reactionary talk against woke is all about. It's a, it's a distraction. It is. It is. I, 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 and, and I hope... That people, thank you for saying that. Thank you for saying that. I hope and I, and and we want to make sure that we are encouraged. And I, I know Billy has the same sentiment. Let me let me just say this, and I know that my friend Life Malcolm uh, would say the same thing. Uh, as we all encourage all of you from this show and our leadership. Uh, here in this station and anywhere else would say to all of you, please don't be blinded by this by, by this silliness. Please focus in on the building, the business of building the community, ourselves, and, and not letting uh, uh, white folks come in and take over building our communities. No. We need to build our own communities. We need to build our own communities. And if, that, and if you are an ally, help us to do that. But don't come trying to take it over. And, and for those people who are a part of our community, please push hard. Keep pushing for development of economic development, environmental development, social development. Build those things that are necessary for sustainability of our communities. That's what we need to focus in on. We need to focus in on our babies, our children. Right, which is why it's oh, distressing God. that he cut $20 million for an academic STEM nursing facility oh. at the University of South Florida down in Sarasota, Manatee. So, you know, this guy, he's got his priorities all wrong. But, you know, from what I'm hearing, his uh, his campaign for president is teetering on the edge of disaster. And Francis Suarez is hoping that that's the case. Mm-hmm. The mayor of Miami. The mayor of Miami. <laughs> so he's got some pretty good ideas, yeah. you know, for a Republican. <laughs> I mean, you know, I got, I got to say, I got to say, in, in, in all fairness, I, I was going to say the same thing, man. Oh, okay. You know, uh, I know some people down in Miami who who have disagreed with him, but have largely agreed and gone along with some of the things that he's done. I mean, he's done a lot. He's done a lot. Yeah. Um and it's been beneficial to some folks down there. Now, I don't live in Miami. I don't know everything there is to know about Miami. Right. We're going to research it a little more, folks. But what I can tell you is uh, I've gotten good reports on Francis Suarez. Uh, if you don't know much about him, he's the mayor of Miami. Is it Miami-Dade or Miami? Uh, Miami-Dade, I believe. Okay. okay. No, it's, a, it's Miami. So okay, so Dade it's Miami. is the county. It's, he's definitely the mayor of the city okay. of Miami. Okay. Mm-hmm. So... As as the mayor of the city of Miami, let me tell you, that is not a joke. That is some serious, serious politics. And that is serious. Uh, it, it takes a man, uh, a man of his stature that is able to uh, to govern that, <laughs> that mm-hmm. society that's there. Man, they've taken some beatings down there in Miami. Yeah, I mean, there's some there's oh, some problems in Miami. Yeah. I mean, with the idea that black people don't feel equal, uh, don't have equal access. Black Miamians have been uh, complaining for years yes. about the Cuban takeover of that city, and they're just being pushed out of jobs and pushed out of opportunity. So I don't know how Suarez is is faring in that political divide there, but some of his ideas, I don't know if he's implemented them in Miami, but they. It sounds good coming out of his mouth on right. the campaign trail. Right, right. I, I've, that's why I say I've heard some good things about him. Um, I don't know everything there is to know about him, so we're going to research more about Francis Suarez and see what, what he's about. See what he's about and report back to you, folks. Let's see what's up. And, and do your research. Do your research. Right. Find out right. more about him. This guy's running for president of the United States. 
And, you know, I can't imagine that um, we would not want to know more about him. So, well, if anything, uh, he's more engaging and more charismatic in the minds of a lot of voters than yeah. Rondo. And let's see if this guy brings up, brings up something about woke. If he says, if he uses woke, <laughs> if he uses woke, yeah, then he's done. Then he's done. <laughs> okay. yeah, hang him out to dry. Let him go. Um, okay, so another thing we have. So in entertainment, entertainment, Letitia Wright. Letitia Wright is a British actor, actress who has been who has been in uh, a number of movies, a number of TV shows, and I've watched them on the BBC and on um, BBC uh, American movies in, in movies and films. And she's best known as Shuri, the sister of uh, of T'Challa. Uh, mm-hmm. The Black Panther, and Letitia Wright is in her twenties, young, young, young sister, and she's killing it right now. She has a new movie that has just come out. It's a western, and it's called Surrounded. It's called Surrounded. If you're into westerns, I encourage you to take a look at that. Uh, watch Surrounded, and tell us what you thought. Tell us mm-hmm. what you think. It is a very. I, I thought it was a very good movie. Well made. Okay. Well made movie. So check it out. Letitia Wright in the movie Surrounded. Surrounded. She plays a, a former she plays a former slave uh who it who joined the who joined the Union Army as a man mm-hmm. in order to escape and to make life better for herself. So she becomes an excellent top a top soldier and she actually leaves after the war's over. And she's she's a Buffalo soldier for a time. She's acting as a Buffalo soldier. She leaves the military after a time and becomes a um, uh, a marshal, if you will, uh, a warrant officer. And she is trying to um, uh, she's having to she's been charged with overseeing the transport of a prisoner and. His men are trying to come out there and free him. And, man, I'm going to tell you, she put a hurting on them cats. <laughs> you got to watch You got to watch the movie. Yeah. You got to watch the movie, man. It is excellent movie, excellent movie. Uh, I really enjoyed it. So check it out. Surround it with Letitia Wright. Okay, folks, uh, we have some people on the line right now. Let us go to our phone lines. Uh, for those people who are part of our Facebook family, please bear with me. I'm going to have it up momentarily. Uh, we are having some difficulties on this end, but please, please bear with me. I will be putting it up soon. All right? So let's go. All right, caller, you're on the Sunday Forum. Thank you for waiting. Go ahead. What's your question? Comment. Yeah, I've been, I've been waiting for a while to question. What's up, man? <laughs> hey, man, y'all got it. I tried to call in last week, but y'all was bombarded with calls. I heard a dude say y'all don't get no calls. I couldn't get in. <laughs> I know, I know, brother. I know. <laughs> but, uh, uh, one, a couple of things. I wanted to give a big shout-out to the Donald Giles. He was 76. So I went to school with Donald, so we got a lot of people came out from Hillsborough High School that's uh, prolific. I just put it that way. Absolutely. Uh, prolific. We, we, we had that in our genes, and we was coached by some real good African-American teachers that were placed in those schools had a hell of a job, man. I'm telling you, because they had to deal with all the people out of the project, 30th Street, you know, everywhere, man. And we was all in poverty. There was nobody rich around there. A couple of little families had something going on, you know. <laughs> and then I want to say, uh, last week you had a guy call in named Jarvis. I remember Jarvis. Jarvis was the one called in and said he he's uh, traveling around. He ain't seen this. Jarvis is very... Had some very good insight. I used to listen to him on the radio all the time. He was a frequent caller, and people just forgot about him, wrote him off for job. He's been in the struggle trying to enlighten, not wake up, but enlighten people to what's really going on with us and trying to ask some serious questions to get us on board. Yeah, it's the uh, difference between being awoke and having some actually light shed on something. <laughs> right, and then just what they want to do, they always want to op- obfuscate, obfuscate, I, I Yep, yeah, <laughs> off the gate. And that means uh, to muddy the waters and make mm-hmm. it look like it's nothing. And some people in this society, I ain't going to point the finger because, you know, we all mix. So you got some people in society just hell-bent on 
making black people seem inferior and uh, like they, well, let me put it this way. Let me premise this right. Uh, making us feel the blunt of the heat that they've been placing on us for over 400 years. They're good at that. They're good at perpetrating that we did something wrong. They're good uh-huh. at saying that we we the problem. They're yeah. good at saying that we they wasting money on us, all of that. But for 400 years, they... Oh. Well, me, you're my predecessor, so that come back to me, just like you want your predecessor to live happily ever after off y'all proceeds that y'all uh, undeservedly got enriched off. Hmm. You understand me? And so, saying that, I just wanted to say this here, because I noticed this, and then two things. Umar Johnson, I watch him on, on um, YouTube. <coughs> he had a very, very good conversation about uh, Juneteenth and about black men and black women, how uh, black men basically turned their back because the black woman had to raise children for so many years because we was displaced. And he said he wasn't making no excuse, but that we need to understand this, how they became masculine. Like, they like to talk crap to you, tell you you ain't nothing and they something and all this. This ideology came about because we was ostracized from our family network and from our friends and all this other stuff, and it's, it's created a real serious rift. I don't have to be a doctor to say this. It caused some very serious psychological damage to our culture and to our people. And they walk their ASS around here like we normal. They, I mean, I've been to court. I went to court with my son one time to give you a good example, and they was trying, and I told the judge, I said, uh, I told them, I went back there, I said, you just file papers, he's incompetent to stand trial. The judge took him back there in 30 minutes, came back out, with some white folks talking about he's confident, ain't nothing wrong. I said, that's a damn lie. Because he had trauma when he was a kid, et cetera, et cetera. How you going to omit all that and just play like he just some, or you going to just whitewash the slate like, oh, this is him. You know, like we know him in a snapshot and all that. And this is what happens to us. This is why we get killed in the streets. This is why we get manipulated. This is why we get dogged out because they sit, they, uh, I won't say that word again, but they sit there like Chris Stein and play like they for us and we all equal and he's down with me, but he's not with me. He's against me. And he didn't per- perpetrate that for so long that we just tired of it. And every time he calls, I just want to make a suggestion. Could you plug or cut him off and plug in KRS-One? <laughs> yeah, I, I like the way KRS-One teaches. I don't like the way Chris teaches. He's not a good teacher because he's got all his biases come out. Never mind the medical stuff. We don't need them for medical. We got medical. We got medical black doctors. Can we please get some of them coming in and talking about our issues and our problems, especially the psychological ones? Like, uh, you're in the norm is good. You're in the norm is excellent. Mm-hmm. See? And, 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 and no, no, it's nothing personal, Chris. It's just that all you do is call and obfuscate our, our, our conversation and what we're trying to do here. We don't need you for that. We don't need you for anything if that's all you got. You and Simon as well. I mean, I don't care what your nationality or what you claim. I don't even believe that you're your nationality because you just claim stuff. Like I told you, go read them books way back over there before these European books was made, and you'll find out that we everything that you claim to be. We're the true Jews. We're the first knowledgeable people. We created the math, the sciences, everything. Now this guy walking around, somebody trying to become woke and muddy day identity and their history. And that's a freaking lie. It's overt in our history ever since we've been here. 400 years of this bullcrap, man. So on this Juneteenth, you wake up. And then this, I'm going to leave this. This is what Umar Johnson said. In 18, whatever the date was that uh, black people were supposed to be freed by Juneteenth, he said it didn't happen. He said Congress went and freed us on paper from our slave master, but then they enslaved us to the state. So that explains why the state manipulates everything to act like as though we some... Uh, criminal, uh, you know, deviant and all that, because we are still considered as status property. And I've been telling people that, and now I found out because Umar Johnson exposed it, that we were just placed under slavery, under the state, and that explains why the jails are full of black people. Thank you very much. Hey, thank you, brother. Man. Thank you, brother. Yeah. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Have a good day. All, all, right. To you. all right, man. You too, man. Yeah. Um, you know, Shout out to Brother Umar. Um, he has been on this show before, and it's an excellent show. If you go back into the archives, you can you can listen to it. You can actually go back into the the um, uh, Facebook page 
and actually watch it as well. Uh, let me say, uh, Umar Johnson has done has, has done a tremendous job in exposing certain things and talking about uh, various things. Let me let me just say, make sure that you that you follow what he says in terms of in terms of researching what he's saying. You get, you get what I'm saying? Because he always does say, you know, don't if you don't have to take my word for it, read it, right? Mm-hmm. Read it. Read what I'm saying to you. It's not. It's not. This isn't rocket science. This is fact. Whatever it is, he's, he's kicking out. Now, if if you disagree with it, you're welcome to obviously. But just you know, I always say, research what's being said to you. You know, make sure you research what's being said to you. All right. Uh, let's go to our next call. And he would be interested. Uh, Ron mentioned the, the the prison system is slavery, and that's why it's important to remember there are some lawmakers who are who are conscious of that and are trying to clean up the Thirteenth Amendment and get rid of that punishment loophole that has been there that continues to see us as property. Right. Go ahead, caller. You're on Sunday Forum. Good, good, good morning, gentlemen. I heard the last gentleman uh, uh, speaking. <laughs> I can't help but smile. I got a smile all over my face. Thank I you know you do. Johnson. I know you do. Doc. I mean, you, you, you just, you just made my my day and my month. And I see that our message is getting through. And be sure you send me something about yourself, Mr. Johnson, and the work that you do, so I can put it within the norms. You know, and I will do that too. But it's very interesting that you. I'm going to get back to that, 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 that subject. But, but but it's very interesting that you mentioned about the Cuban American, uh, the Cuban experience. We in fact this week at Juneteenth, in fact we had, and wokeness. We in fact this week addressed all three of these articles in the blog. You're within the norms dot com, and Felix Bruswell, who's a D.O., who is a, a, a medical doctor, and he, was, he has been on your show, talked about the relationship between Cuba and uh, and and uh, an article that we wrote that he published it's called "Message from the Sandersburg." Uh, it says, uh, "Get woke, uh, Cuban Americans here are not white," and he does a whole video on it. It's a fascinating video. That he talks about his relationship. He's a very light complexed gentleman. Came to this country in two years, and yet this whole thing he says that these the Cubans that came here, the people who came from Cuba at that time, were based mostly racist, and they they were brought up that way. And he in fact talked about uh, he as a kid, his mother made him wear a shirt on the in in the beach when he went to the beach. And uh, that sort of thing is up because she didn't want him to come back too dark and look like an N-word. And he talks about this in this video that we published in yourwithinthenorms.com. And, and, and in fact, it's right there. If you look, it's called the, uh, the Get Woke Message from the, Santa, from the Great State of Sanisburg. And we talk about the Cuban Revolution, what it meant for, 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 for black folks. Uh, we go a little bit into talking about uh, how Fidel uh, sent troops to from 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 uh, the whole freedom of South Africa is based upon the Cuban Revolution and Fidel's Castro and sending troops to Angola to fight in the Battle of Quito Carnival and that relationship here and the political things. So we talk about that. Also, we talked about Juneteenth, where a lot of people don't seem well have never been told is that one of the fathers of Juneteenth uh, to push I mean the holiday the celebration was a guy named Dr. Ronald Myers he was Reverend Ronald Myers MD and this brother was from the graduated from the University of Wisconsin's medical school and he came south to uh, to, uh, to to down the Mississippi and he was also a classically trained trumpet player, a musician, and a jazz musician. And he saw this injustice taking place in pain control. 
and particularly people with sickle cell suffering. He began to treat these patients, and he was targeted by the DEA, okay? And uh, that whole genre. So when we read that, there's a very interesting interview that he did back. He's dead, right? He died uh, in 2017 with a young lady named Linda Cheeks. If you push the button, it'll go into detail as to why these uh, disparities, tremendous disparities persist and why our doctors who treat these patients are targeted for extinction. And when we see this, this is something that we understand in healthcare. Is that, that I really appreciate your show, Walt, because you talk about, you let us say there's a disparity here. And oftentimes, you know, when I talk, when our group talks about this thing, we're just cut off, cut to pieces, and thrown aside and stuff. And we're, we're medical doctors and dentists and pharmacists. And the regular, we talk about regulatory racismo that, that affects us in our community, how insurance companies, you know, will pay one group of doctors one thing and pay another group of doctors another thing and that how in fact there's an article that talks about how blue cross blue shield specifically targeted minority doctors particularly for prison and then the viciousness of what they do to white doctors is is that they targeted the 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 elderly or the the older white doctors the older uh caucasian doctors who had assets based on their assets and based on the, the money that on their success. So that, so they could use this as part of the war on drugs as forfeiture and then use civil forfeiture laws. And that there are hundreds of doctors, almost 3000 that are sitting in prison today. Uh, you know, we're talking about psychiatrists, about anesthesiologists, pain control, OBGYNs. Uh, a lot of them are, 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 are white. And they've only done this because of this errant war on drugs in which we have an incompetent uh, agency like the Drug Enforcement Agency, the Drug Enforcement Agency, period, which has been a colossal failure since its inception and how it has uh, used this uh, this war on drugs now to target it. Our health care providers who are pre- prescribing legal medications and those sort of things. And you want to know why you're why you can't find a doctor or why you having problems uh, uh, mental illness and those sort of things because you don't have access to to medication. That regulatory the things that we don't talk about in medicine we talk about it in in your within the norm. Brother Johnson so eloquently mentions that you know the the the, 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 the fact that you can get all the education you want you can become a a, a surgeon you can become a pharmacist and yet like in our case and in the case of uh, Dr. Uh, Lincourt Pharmacy, uh, a gentleman, uh, and uh, so the black pharmacy, and you well know that we were practicing medicine, and here comes the DEA targeting us. And we uh, uh, came in, raided our pharmacies, took our equipment, and never charged us with a thing. You know, we got Louis Latson that happened too. And then we start seeing, and, 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 and we start seeing this around. The, the country, and we have our organizations that fail to speak up about this, or are not in position to say to say about this. Dr. Ronald Myers talked about this, the godfather of Juneteenth, and Dr. My, like I said, Dr. Ronald Myers was the gentleman that pushed the Juneteenth celebration into into becoming a celebrate uh, into a holiday, and of course, unfortunately, he lost his life uh, doing that and fighting. For the disparities that are in in in, in healthcare, and people need to, to to read about that and stuff. And of course, you know, again, Walt, I asked that uh, uh, there's as last article we call called the harvest. We published that this morning. It's about your friend, brother, your your good brother, Doctor Walter Wren, brother, 82 years old, mega sci-fi, ambitious, drive, gold, and stuff like that. And yet, one day he's in his house, and bam. On the door, they knock on the door and grab him and snatch him and says that he's a, nothing but a drug dealer with white coat. And this is the saying they use, uh, you're a drug dealer with white coat. We, in fact, have come back with a counter saying we are we are called drug dealers with white coat being snatched up by uh, Klansmen without their white robes, you know, wearing their finest men's warehouse suits. 
And then some of them are wearing black robes, too, when you look at this disparity in health care. And so we continue to fight this battle, and we ask, like Brother Johnson's point out, you know, send us a, a donation. It's there, and you're within the norms.com. You are within the norms.com, and we have articulated our concerns that, that, you know, that, you know, no matter what type of education you have as a, as a, as a black person, you know, again, the struggle always continues. And you see that we're going after our best and brightest, you know, as, uh, Dr. Uh, Davis pointed out, uh, our Anderson, Dr. Anderson pointed out their chart. We're being targeted. Those who are ambitious, those who have drive, those who are, who, who, refuse to be subjugated of the ones that are being targeted here and people in the those the people who go to college go to have fraternities uh, are in the trades of tool tool trades such as carpentry and uh, 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 plumbing and, and those sort of things these people meant to fit that mold as being targeted and stuff so the struggle continues absolutely the struggle does continue doc Hey, listen, Reed, thank you very much. Set us some donations. Make your folks right. Reed, you are within the norms. Norms. Go out there and check it out, folks. You are within norms.com. And thank Brother Johnson for even for, for mentioning that and be sure he gets his story out there and stuff. And uh, 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 one other thing, one of the stories that we like to talk about is we talk about Africa, you know, with the South African right. and that so relationship. People have a chance to read that. That and with you are within the norms, folks. Right. Check them out. Check them out and, okay. and, and be a, and, and and learn more on that page. You I mean you I, I really honestly I encourage everybody to take a look at it. I encourage everybody to take a look at it, to read it and to research the information that's been, that's in there. It is excellent information, but these are things that are happening in our communities. Um, when we talk about the issue of the health desert and stuff like that. When we talk about the woke issue and you know this fake thing that this that this guy yeah. is talking about, mm-hmm. you know, you know, this is what happens. This is the distraction that happens, right? Is mm-hmm. you know that distracts us from from the fact that we have these health disparities. It distracts us from the the environmental impacts that we have. It distracts us from the lack of. Um, of grocery stores that we have in our community. It also distracts us from the fact that evictions are on the rise. Yes, yeah, yeah. Evictions are on the rise, man. And and think about it. A lot of these evictions are happening because people can't afford to pay utilities. Mm-hmm. And because they can't one. afford <laughs> to pay utilities, um, you know, think about it. The local, the Tico, our local energy company, raised your rates four times. Four times they got a rate hike increase. And who who does that benefit? Come on, come on, folks. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what else is gonna. I don't know what else can make you move, can get you to really understand what's happening here. It's not. It it isn't I, Walter Smith, who's saying it by myself. Mobili's not saying it by himself. We're telling you, and many of you are living this. You're living this. You're living this nightmare. And, and and you're not saying anything. You got to say something. Yep. Stand up. Be Come heard. Come on. Stand up and be heard. Come on now. Come on. Um, this is, you know, this is it's past time for us to, to to be doing those things to help to build our community. You know, when you don't say anything, you're just as bad as those people that are tearing it down. Mm-hmm. As they say, silence is complicity. Come on, man. This is one of those. This is one of those times.